I'm Devin Shelton. I'm Mackenzie Smith. And I'm Kia Kikoli. And this is Messy Korean Diaries. The opinions and experiences expressed in this podcast are solely our own and do not reflect the thoughts, feelings, or experiences of anyone other than ourselves. Our content is not intended to generalize Korean citizens or culture. With all that's going on nowadays with government and politics, it can feel like sometimes you just want to turn it all off and run away. But when you get the opportunity to do that, is it a good thing or a bad thing? At the time of this recording, the United States government has been issued in a state of emergency after being recently shut down for upwards of 30 days. And between border walls, immigration issues, xenophobia, and a blatant, often violent divide between right versus left political opinions, America has become cannon fodder for just about every talk show host and comedian on the planet. And with technology being so prevalent in today's society, Sharing your opinions about things from global warming to LGBTQ rights has never been easier. But many of the people sharing their opinions on popular social media like Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter often resort to attacks and negativity rather than civil conversation and debate, which for some like myself can be extremely emotionally draining to witness. So does coming to a country where you know little to nothing about the political climate offer a welcome reprieve from the overwhelming amount of divisiveness one encounters when constantly consuming negative political media? Does temporarily moving to a different country relieve you of your civic duty of being an active and politically informed citizen? How does one go from an active political advocate to someone who really doesn't have a voice in this society they're now living in? What are some ways you can stay active in your political situation back home? And what are some ways you can become involved in or at least educate yourself about the political state of your new country? Is ignorance really bliss or is it just a cop out? This week, we are being joined by our good friend, Nick. He's from Canada and grew up in the Toronto area and he studied medical sciences in university. We invited him on today because he's not only politically active, or at least well-informed, both back home and abroad, but he's lived overseas before and has some first-hand experience in navigating some of the cultural and political climate of somewhere foreign. So Nick, why don't you tell us about yourself and your experiences? Uh, Hello everyone, I'm, as Kide said, I'm Nick. I'm also a teacher here in Korea. Um, I've been abroad for a couple years now, and I think it's given me a pretty good opportunity to see see different political situations and to see just in general different situations uh, that were foreign to me and to get some viewpoints, some interesting viewpoints that I otherwise would not have gotten. So I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So where outside of Korea have you um, lived before, Nick? Um, So last year I was actually teaching abroad in Spain, which happened to coincide with some pretty interesting political situations as well, um, especially around the time of the whole Catalan independence movement and during some of the protests that were going on there. Uh, So it was definitely a very politically charged time. So that was interesting to witness. So I guess the first question I kind of want to like pose to the group is coming into a new country 
where you don't really know anything about the political climate outside of maybe just generalizations that you might see um, through your own media, which is already going to be skewed, you know, because every country, they have their own play on the way things are. But then when you actually get there, it's different. Um, Do you feel like it's kind of a welcome, a welcoming, like, thing that you can take a break from politics when you're, like, so constantly... Um, consumed with negative media, at least coming from, I don't know about you, Nick, but at least for me, coming from America, it was like constant negativity all the time, most recently. I don't think coming to a different country or living abroad gives you that much of a reprieve simply because wherever you go, the political is personal. Um, And... I definitely think they're, they're, the language barrier plays a lot into this simply because a lot of the information you get is going to be like translated. Um, and it would take really getting engaged with the local community and talking to local Koreans to understand the political climate and how their government works and a lot of background information, I think. I know personally, I see a lot of protests um, around like the city hall area and like in downtown. And it's a lot of older people holding these protests, which I find really interesting. Um, whereas in the States, it's more like younger people who are into protesting um, or they start the protests and then older people join in maybe. So I don't know what you guys think of that. Um, Cause I'm always curious as to what exactly they're protesting. Cause they're, they go hard. I mean, they're out there camping, they've got tents, they're like ready with their banners and everything. <laughs> I've yet to even actually see one of like the big protests. I've heard, though, I've heard them, and I've seen the trucks. They have trucks here that just drive around blasting what sounds like audio from an actual protest, and they just Mm -hmm. blast it from these loudspeakers from the trucks. So I'm always confused if there's an actual, like, protest going on outside my window or if it's just one of those trucks going by. Um, I've actually seen one where they built a stage and had multiple choreographed dance numbers and, like, musical performances to accompany their protest. And the thing is, it was, like, definitely a protest. They provide entertainment, you know? Yeah, it was, like, The protest and a show. You could see one person on stage singing and then, like, a huge group practicing their dance routine behind the stage because they were up next. It's just very different from America, I think. Uh, I've never seen those protests, actually, that you're talking about, Kide, but um, I know that Korea is really famously... um, what was it a couple years ago that they ousted their president? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Over essentially just mass, mass protests of tons of people getting out into the streets. So I know they definitely have that history with protest. Yeah, they definitely do. Um, if you see it, I don't know. I just find it really interesting because I've yet to see like the younger voting population. So I wonder what exactly is the demographic of the politically active people in this country. Because mm-hmm. so far, it's just a lot of ajamas and ajashis, So I have to wonder if they're protesting things that maybe, like, younger people support. True, yeah. The entertainment protests are from, like, the younger crowd and the older crowd. <laughs> type thing. Who knows? Who knows? But, I, I mean, I think at first, when I first got here, it definitely did offer me, like you said, Kide, because of the um, language barrier, 
I wasn't really hyper invested in anything going on here. And then I was able to kind of cut my consumption of what was going on back home, not fully because I'm a junkie when it comes to like politics and stuff like that. But um, I was definitely able to de-stress because it had gotten to the level where back home, it was just so much all the time that it was stressing me out and having like physical manifestations. (laughs) like like headaches and it was just crazy but it was I was definitely able to like cut down on that some coming here but then I think what kind of sparked this episode was the shutdown once that kind of happened it kind of kicked back in again with being like okay now I need to reinvest into what's going on back home right but I think it can be like a reprieve as long as you allow Mm -hmm. it to be but yeah, for me, like, I studied journalism in college, and I want to work in, like, the political sphere in the future. Like, I'm about to go to grad school for international relations and stuff, so I feel like I just had no desire to stop paying attention to it. But I definitely don't know as much as I, like, wish I did about the local politics in Korea. How are you keeping up with uh, politics back home, Nick? Um... You know what? I'm, I'm also like, uh, like Devin, I'm also quite a bit of a political junkie. So I really just sort of keep on top of everything. Um, I find social media tends to be one way to get your news, I guess. Um, And just just various online sources. But what I think is always important in that sense is to vary where it's coming from. So like not just rely on one stream of uh, sort of media to provide you all of your news. But in terms of um, keeping up with sort of stuff going on back home, uh, I'm not from the U.S., but obviously a lot of the news from the U.S. is what dominates sort of the news that I consume because I think that uh, the times are very interesting in the U.S. right now. And especially for those that are interested in politics and that are interested in sort of observing uh, how politics go on worldwide. I think it's a really interesting um, and definitely going to be a very historical time in the future. As an aside, I'm just curious with this whole border wall thing that the United States president is trying to get going, like, would you happen to know anything about the amount of people who try to come to Canada, uh, trying to come from Canada to the United States <laughs> without documentation. <laughs> um, like... I, know, I know there was that huge movement. I don't know if you guys remember around the time of the election um, when mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, you know what? If Trump is elected, I'm moving to Canada. And <laughs> all of these celebrities and stuff were like, we're moving to Canada. Um, I know that around that time, um, there was a couple like very, very good pieces published that sort of went through the details of how exactly to move to Canada and how simple slash difficult it is. And it's really not that easy in terms of legal immigration, mm-hmm. um, especially um, if your situation is one that's not that of a refugee or someone who's seeking asylum in some way. So just regular just because i want to move to canada that time type of immigration is pretty hard um but if you're talking about illegal immigration um 
I think we're in sort of a, a bit of a unique situation in the sense that uh, we only really border the U.S. And so people coming to Canada would have to go through the U.S. first. And I know that there is, there is a lot of illegal immigration to the U.S., but I think that passing through the U.S. and into Canada, that creates a bit of a problem where it's just, it's, to me, it seems like quite hard. Um, so I think that sort of steers away a lot of people. I think a lot of that immigration ends up staying in the U.S. Um, so we do sort of have the advantage in the sense that we can um, control our immigration a little bit more. Um, I hope that answers the question. And the majority, the majority of illegal immigration that does happen, and I'm assuming this is anywhere in the world, but for our purposes, um, probably America and Canada, is people just flying in on like a yeah. tourist visa or just coming on vacation and then staying. Overstaying like, their visas, yeah. Yeah, or like, so 20, that's... Or like 21 Savage. Um, <laughs> With issues. Really? <laughs> I hope you guys heard about that. But. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, the point of building a wall, it just seems ludicrous because, okay, then then they'll just work, you know, maybe a year or two years, buy a plane ticket, and then stay here. Like, if it's really, oh, yeah. it's, a, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And like the whole argument that it's going to stop drugs and it's going to stop all of these bad hombres and whatever from getting in. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. You know, like walls, walls don't really do much. Nope. Uh, people will always find a way around them. And I just always like go back to like, didn't we do this before? Like, wasn't there a big old wall, uh, pretty famous called the Berlin Wall. Like, like, that was a pretty big deal when that got, like, torn down. It's not the same, but do we really want to go back? I just don't understand, man. I mean, there's already a wall there, too. Like, yeah, it's not like, like it's a, a bigger <laughs> wall. <laughs> it's just an open field with a welcome sign. <laughs> and a lot of the area that they're trying to build the wall into is quite unaccessible, you know? So like there is already barriers and walls around populated areas, but a lot of these other areas are essentially the middle of nowhere, you know? It's like somewhere where you have to walk for a day to get, to even get to the border. Oh, there's like big- for another entire day through There's desert, big canyons you know? and caverns, yeah. yeah, and natural barriers. Yeah. Which don't get me started, because I saw this video and it was talking about how if cutting through a lot of that land would really diminish the wildlife and the flora and fauna um, and be really bad for for the environment out there. And so even the animal lover in me is going off about that as well. But the next topic was um, kind of more about our life here in Korea. So does moving to a country where you don't really know um, much about the political situation Does, do you feel as though it relieves a little bit of your civic duty of being an active and politically informed citizen like back home i was very engaged and tried to keep up with what was going on um because i felt it affected me but being here even though i live here and it could potentially affect my day-to-day -day life 
I don't really find myself trying to engage with the the politics here in Korea um, anywhere near as actively. Yeah, I think the most that I've engaged with politics here, I read an article, I think about last month, about how um, uh, President of South Korea has declared the air pollution to be a national emergency and like actually plans on doing some type of research to fix uh, some of the air pollution problems. And just today, actually, I brought this up with a coworker um, and they were like, oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> so I don't know how politically aware people are in general, I guess, based off of that conversation. Mm. Um, because the air pollution problem is such a huge deal so the fact that he's declaring it a national emergency would be something that i think would be like a hot topic that everyone would kind of know right that's an actual national emergency yeah wow yeah i would say my like engagement with politics here is more on the like reactive end where like i try to inform myself about things that have already kind of been passed and decided on rather than like like educating myself on things before they actually like come into law and stuff Mm. mostly because I don't have a say in whether or not it happens at all so um I think for me like any time that I do hear something ahead of time or is when it's related to like English teachers Mm -hmm. and like if something changes with like visa requirements and things like that um even before I came here I was kind of on top of that stuff just because I know that the laws have kind of changed a lot in the past few years and like the strictness of the E2 visa. But other than that, it's really like, oh, interesting. They passed this a month ago. Good to hear. Things like yeah, that. I, I think access to it, unless you are kind of fluent in Korean, can be limited as well because, I, at least for me, I know that if anything does happen, I kind of just have to wait until the U.S. Embassy like sends out an email or something about yeah, it definitely. which at that point like you said McKinsey it's reactive at that point yeah I agree with that did you guys get that lovely email with all of the new rules about like being a foreigner in Korea and no. something about we can't walk dogs without like <laughs> muzzle or something what no <laughs> it wasn't just it wasn't just about <laughs> foreigners but it was like <laughs> hey, foreigners, check out all these new laws that also will apply to you. I think it was at the beginning <laughs> of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, the beginning of the year. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they, yeah, they sent out a big thing from the embassy, and it was the dog walking um, and also, like, taxi fares went up, oh. which I was very upset about. <laughs> what else was there? Was there anything else, Kide? Nothing that stood out. I think I I just, like, was reading through it and got to the dog walking part. And I was like, all right, I don't think the rest is going to apply to me. <laughs> not valid for my life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really interesting um, to see in Korea because what, what you what you guys were talking about um, in terms of the fact that it's it's kind of hard to get involved with the local politics here. To me, I guess it... It de- it's definitely the sense that we don't really get it because it's uh, we do have to get all of it translated and we're not getting it sort of first uh, first person view of everything. But I also sort of I don't think that Koreans like to talk about it very much, at least with foreigners. I'm not too sure. 
but I haven't like really been in any situations where political discussions or anything like that ever really come up with Koreans. Uh, sort of political discussions or anything regarding the North. <laughs> in my experience, they all, well, I guess like that, it makes sense. But like every time I talk about politics with someone, like it's about US politics and it just mm -hmm. completely takes over the whole conversation. And a lot of the time it is about like, oh, President Trump's doing some cool stuff with North Korea there. And I'm like, is he? You think it's okay? Uh, and it's like more, it always just comes back to U.S. politics and them trying to figure out how much we actually like Trump and things <laughs> like that. Yeah, I agree with that. I remember like a very vivid conversation I had with a co-teacher at lunch um, discussing American politics and laws and kind of more of comparing and contrasting America to South Korea and any conversation about like Trump. I've had a few jokes where people are like, oh yeah, like, do you like Trump? I've had people who were very like serious saying that Koreans view him as a strong leader. No, um, yeah, seriously. But besides that, like, yeah, I, I haven't had any conversations about their own politics. Any conversation about the North is usually in a joking manner where someone's mm -hmm. like, oh, you're in South Korea, you're traveling. Oh, do you want to visit the North? Ha <laughs> ha. And I'm like, no, <laughs> why would I want to go there? Um, but that's about it. I've even seen, like, stickers in um, Art Box or... Um, different stores and it'll have like Kim Jong-un or um, and his picture yeah. and then it'll be like it'll say Obey at the bottom like you know the the, the brand Obey or yeah. like, the stickers and then, and then it has like him on it I'm like this is so inappropriate <laughs> but also really funny should I laugh at this or is that not okay <laughs> <laughs> I've had kids in class make fun of him actually really? um, oh. yeah I it had to have been some context of like a student was doing something that they found like strange. And then they were like, teacher, teacher, he's blah, blah, blah. He's Kim Jong-un. I was like, Haha, I'm just going to laugh because I don't know if this is appropriate or not. And I'm just going to not address this and move on. Um, but yeah, that's happened. So I, they're like aware Kind of uh, going back to the, what Nick said about like, or you too, Mackenzie, um, how you'll have political conversations with um, Koreans, but it'll be mo mostly based around American politics or um, not really about Korea. I think here as foreigners, we're kind of seen as more transient in a way than mm -hmm. like if you're a foreigner in America or like you've immigrated to America because I feel like the most people who immigrate to America, like they're staying there. Yeah. Um, whereas here, a lot of um, the foreigners, there's such a high turnover rate, especially with our job as teachers. They don't really expect us to be sticking around long enough to need to form an opinion maybe. So mm -hmm. there's not really any sort of need to engage in that kind of conversation. That definitely makes sense. I'm also not sure how, like, um, kosher it is to talk about politics in polite conversation out here. I know, like, even recently in America, that's a newer 
thing, like, back in the 50s or back in the day, like, you didn't talk about religion, you don't talk about politics. Um, and now that I feel like that's taken kind of a turn, especially with social media and things like that becoming so prevalent. That's like the classic two things that'll start a fight at the family Christmas table, right? <laughs> yeah. Conversations <laughs> about religion or politics. I think that's something that I've gotten used to here, just kind of toning it down. But even more so when I go um, to Cairo, I'm going to have to learn how to tone down. Because those are like my two favorite things to talk about after a couple beers, you know. And over there, it's like deeply frowned upon. I think here it's just like a light taboo, maybe. But I think, I think especially concerning religion, it's mm. sort of a no-go, no-go zone. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wait, religion in Korea? No, in, are talking in about Cairo? Cairo. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, what? I yeah, I just feel like every every Arab country, at least that I've, in my experience, um, that's been sort of just a, not not something you talk about, really. In yeah. terms of arguing uh, different sides of religion or anything like that, learning about religion is great, but in terms of having an opinion. Yeah, because I don't know if you guys experienced it. It's kind of maybe question number six of like the whole introducing yourself to someone else you know like name how old are you are you married why not um like when you're in korea <laughs> i feel like um this comes on the list as well as like you know what's your religion are you christian no um are you like do you practice a different religion um i think they're really open about talking about religion so find it interesting mm, there's not yeah. much conversation on the pol political end yeah that was something i noticed like like you said that was like question number six it got down and then my co-teacher is like oh so do you believe in god <laughs> and i'm just like whoa <laughs> lady it's day <Yeah>. one <laughs> so continuing with um kind of the same thought of political awareness in a new place i've been thinking like what are some ways to get politically involved or um active and is that even something that would be possible because like you said earlier Mackenzie there's we kind of don't really have a say because we're not citizens mm -hmm. we're just here on a, a work visa so like would it be worth engaging what like what are you what are your thoughts on that I think it varies from like situation to situation for me, if everything works out, I think I'm just going to end up getting involved by default because ideally I'd be staying here for two more years studying something related to politics. So I think I'm just going to be forced into that environment where my peers would be politically active people. And I'm sure like politics will come up here and there in my classes. So I think that that's the way that I'm just going to let it come to me. But if I was going out of my way to become politically active myself, maybe I would start off by just kind of finding people that I'm comfortable with, that are my age, that are Korean, and kind of asking them about some of the issues that they think are important that are going on in Korea um, and kind of learning about the political situations from that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably the best way to go about it is, like you said, just... Um, making those connections with people that also share the same sort of values. I honestly know nothing 
of the political landscape here other than like maybe some of the LGBTQ issues yeah, going on. I would on. say most of like I know about a lot of the like women's issues with like mm-hmm. the cameras and like feminism in general being looked down upon um, and certain actions by women being looked down upon but that's pretty much the extent of my political knowledge and involvement here. Yeah, I was chuckling because I'm thinking about um, friends of ours who smoke and the idea of them getting, like, tackled in the street because they're smoking a cigarette and they're a woman. <laughs> um, it's Yeah, they told us that uh, orientation about that happened to one girl, yeah. right? But even more recently, like, a group of girls was, oh like, gosh. beat up by a group of guys for it. Wow. What? Yeah. For I think being in, like, yeah for smoking so interesting stuff to be informed about for sure i will say i was like kind of on the same realm of like things that women can and cannot do and um coming out here with like maybe the modesty politics of like you have to dress a certain way and things like that um so i didn't bring a lot of clothes that I would feel comfortable, completely comfortable wearing back home, but I was afraid to wear here. But then the longer that we've been here, I don't know if it's because we're foreigners, but we tend to dress like pretty like normal, I would say for American standards, like skirts and cute tops and things like that, that aren't always like all the way up to your shoulders, like not a super high neckline. Um, and haven't had really any issues with it. But then again, that is going out and like more in that sort of environment where it would be more accepted. accepted. Like I wouldn't go to work like that. Yeah, but for sure. even then I was expecting it to be like, oh, you're wearing a heart like shaped neckline. You're a harlot. Well, I know one of our friends wore um, like a V-neck to or like a scoop neck no it was definitely a v-neck to work and her co-teacher gave her a scarf and was just kind of like hey you should put this on (laughs) so yeah i mean yeah definitely but even i was with her when she bought that shirt and i didn't think it was that bad so i was really surprised to hear that that happened to her (laughs) and then like on the other hand and it's not very common but i've seen at least two well one's korean a korean girl and one is, I think she's Filipino. Um, but they, like, very often go out and we'll see them wearing, like, crop oh, yeah, tops for and sure. stuff. Which I didn't, I thought that would be, like, a huge no-no. So, I don't know how true this is. I haven't done, like, any type of research. I just read this comment <laughs> and found it interesting. So, just, like, disclaimer. <laughs> um, I don't know the validity of what I'm about to say right now. But I did see... Um, Someone mentioned that the reason it's more common, like, you can wear super short shorts and super short skirts and no one really cares, but if you show any type of cleavage or any type of shoulder or anything like that, it's, like, a huge deal because of some, like, remnant of a Buddhist, like, belief that's been left over where you should protect your heart and, like, keep that covered, um, because that's, like, really sacred and important to a, a human being. So, I don't know if that has anything, yeah, to do with 
the whole modesty policies. Um, Cause I mean, yeah, I definitely, I've seen those girls, you know, I've seen people wearing crop tops. I think one of the first nights out and I saw a girl wearing a crop top and I nearly fainted. Cause I was like, Whoa, I thought that was a huge no, no here. So have, has there been anything that you've noticed like, um, and your friend group, like, because you have kind of a, a pretty diverse friend group because you, you have us, but then you also have friends who are, um, uh, not just um, North American, right. Canadian, like United States, but also some friends from um, Uzbekistan and Russia and different things like that. Have they ever said anything what like life is like for them he- them here? Or um, To be honest, that's a really good question, but it's not really something that, um, that I've really had the conversation about. Um, so I don't really, I don't really want to speak on behalf of anyone because I honestly haven't yeah. had this conversation, uh, even though it is a really good question. Um, but I think in general, if, if I were to make sort of a generalization, um, I think that the more, um, the more sort of you have in Korea in terms of like the more you have tying you here, and this sort of ties into what you were saying, Mackenzie, a while back, um, if you're here on a more permanent basis, so like you're doing school, or you have some sort of reason to be here for a long time, obviously you're going to get a lot more involved. And I think that you would have that motivation to be more involved. But if you are a rather sort of transient person here, who's essentially staying for a year, two years, and then sort of passing through, then definitely that motivation bleeds away. Yeah. Coming from such a invested sort of political background to not, because I'm no, I'm not staying here. It's kind of like, oh, I feel guilty about it, but at the same time, like, what is, what's the point, you know? Yeah, and it's also like, um, I think it's it's not necessarily our place to like um, really try and change the country or like try and mm. like push for change. I mean, obviously, in terms of supporting what's right and in terms of supporting the movements that are right. Um, of course, but it's at the same time, it's you're coming to a place where really you don't know how everything works. And so pushing for more of the smaller uh, changes that are involved with politics um, is I don't really see that as our place. Obviously, like pushing for big to write big social injustices and pushing for the right thing to be done is always welcome, I think. But um, in terms of the smaller stuff and in terms of getting involved in the more uh, minute details of the politics, that's where I think there's a bit of an issue. Yeah. I don't know. Would, would you guys agree I'm with always, that? Or? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I see your point. No, completely. Yeah. Um, I will say the only the things that I've noticed um, peripherally rather than like doing any research on it have been mostly about um koreans um and i can only speak to like the ones that i work with maybe um their reaction or treatment of immigrants here um which is kind of the only political thing outside of just general like i said the lgbtq thing that i've um noticed and i've found that as 
Americans or like Western um, foreigners. I think we're treated very well um, and positively overall. Um, but the same is not said for other people from other places, um, especially in regards to like s some of the way that I've seen some of my um, foreign students being treated by um, some locals, which I just, that, that's kind of been hard for me to swallow. Um, and I don't know if that's a, like a political, like immigration thing or just like a racial thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think that with regards to that, I mean, definitely like in general, I have the same thing. Like I come from a community with a lot of South Asians, like people and a lot of Chinese people. So a lot of my kids are like mixed, my students. <sighs> and you can like, you see it here and there where people get comments for like their skin color or like um, even like one of my friends that works at the school like complains about the students like speaking to their parents in like Chinese or Thai or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't really get how that's an issue if they're not talking to you and they're just speaking another language in front of you when we're sitting here mm -hmm. having this conversation in English and you're completely unbothered. But um, so I get what you're saying with that one for sure. I mean, with like certain places, like if you're talking about people from like Japan and China, that has to do with like history. But then when it comes to, like, people from South Asia, I feel like that's definitely, like, more on the colorism and just looking down on those countries for being less developed a lot of the times. I'm trying to think of examples um, that I've seen in my work life or just, like, daily outings. Um, I can't... I totally see where you guys are coming from, but I haven't seen that um, yet. There's a woman at my school who runs the after-school program, um, the after-school English program, and she's from Indonesia. And um, from, like, the first time I met her, she has always said, oh, like, I'm so jealous of you because you're from North America and you have English speaker accent and I wish I had your accent. And she speaks English, like, very well, and I've always told her that. She seems to be, like, not as confident in her skills um, which is really wild because she studied English in university in Indonesia. And um, I'm pretty sure through like her master's, maybe she has a doctorate in, I'm not really sure. But I know she has like higher education in English. And she said that a few of the parents have maybe complained because she's not a native English speaker, um, mm. even though she says that she's grown up speaking English and whatever um, native local language that she spoke in her area. So I just found that really interesting because um, she still has like a decent amount of students who sign up for her class, but she also is pressured from the community because she doesn't have like the perfect accent that they want their children to learn. Yeah, I think I've just kind of gotten a better realization. Like I always knew, but... I guess with everything going on with immigration and things like um, xenophobia in America right now, it was interesting to see that it's not just, and I knew it wasn't just an American problem, but to see that like all over the world, there are going to be, and it's not everyone, nowhere near everyone, um, 
but no matter where you go, there are going to be people who are not as welcoming to something that they view as other. And it's not just, um, like I said, an American problem. It's just like a people problem, which I don't know if that's more or less comforting. (laughs) Yeah, when I told my family back home that I wanted to stay um, for another year, they were really surprised. And their first question was, but aren't they really racist over there? And I'm like, But that could be said about anywhere in the world. Exactly. Like, there's racism everywhere. I could move back to the States, like, for what exactly? What's the positive of that? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to stop living my life and traveling to where I want to travel because of something that I is completely outside of my control. Yeah, I've had that exact conversation with members of my family as well. Just being like, oh, is it? racist or is it safe or how do they treat women and I'm like well (laughs) look around you it isn't much better anywhere else I mean there are positive and negatives no matter where you go in the world but like you said that should never hinder you from like experiencing new things and traveling Um, just because maybe perhaps the political landscape is not 100% your ideal of course, within reason, like if there's some war going on or <laughs> it's completely unsafe for you to be there, then maybe that should hinder you. But, you know, within reason, I just kind of want to throw it back to Nick. So you said there was a lot of things going on in Spain when you lived there. Yeah. Like, do you see any like stark differences from Canada to Spain to Korea um, with regards to how you maybe were able to approach politics or um, learn about them and engage? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think in, in Canada specifically, I think just being a Canadian and sort of obviously being around all of my friends and being around the environment, that alone um, just gave me the opportunity to be a lot more involved in terms of activism, in terms of um knowing essentially where I stand in, in terms of certain issues and knowing a lot more about the specifics of the situation. Um, what's interesting, though, uh, I was thinking about this, is that between Spain and here, at least from my experience, um, I found Spanish people to be very, very vocal about their political opinions. Um, and not I was, I was in just as transient of a position there as I am now here. Um, so I wasn't really like particularly invested in terms of being in Spain for the long term. Um, but I still found that I was able to learn so much about different political opinions in Spain. People were very open in terms of talking about it. People were very open in terms of advocating for what they believed in. Um, and it seemed like all around a much more, um, a much more, open country in the sense that people were more ready to talk about it. Um, I think you can draw from that what you will. I mean, there's definitely a certain stereotype around Spanish people in particular um, being very sort of, I guess, warm blooded or how do you, how do you say that? Um, No, I think we all know as you are speaking about it, kind of you get passionate, you know, about, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, And you definitely, I definitely saw a lot of that last year. 
Um, and to me, it just seems like in Korea, um, I, I just don't know so much about it. So I'm sure that they're just as passionate, obviously, about wanting to make their country a better place and about the changes that they want to see and about their opinions of the country. I just think that it's more hidden, at least in my experience and in, in relation to me personally. Yeah, they're still on that kind of, like we said earlier, that track of what is said in polite conversation and mixed company and the do's and don'ts yeah. and ins and outs of all of that. Yeah, I think I think Spanish people were a lot more willing to break that barrier and quicker. Mm. Okay, well, I think we have gotten a few questions answered, not all of them, but you know, I think everything when it comes to these big ticket issues like politics and beliefs and ideals that it's always up to the individual and um Every situation is different for each person. Like we said, whether you're depending on staying long-term in your situation, McKinsey, or if you're um, just staying for the short t- shorter term, like me and Nick are, um, and how involved you can and want to become. I definitely think it's doable as a, a foreigner to become um, politically involved, but also to respect like you were saying earlier, Nick, the culture that you've come into and know that um, you're not going to be able to change the system, but maybe for the important social issues, you can um, be on the right side of history, you know? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think uh, fighting for what's right, fighting for um, in any of these, in any of those more important situations, of course, that trumps your um I guess, citizenship. Um, but in terms of, yeah, the, the more minute situations, that's where I think uh, it becomes more of a gray line. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. And I will see you around probably very soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Again, please uh, like, follow, subscribe. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, WordPress, any social media that you can think of. We are on. Follow our podcast on Podbean or Anchor or iTunes. Um, and please feel free to send us any messages or comments or episode ideas. We'd love to hear from you. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. You're the first male voice we've had here on mkd so welcome thank you for having me you are now a woman of color living laughing and drinking in south korea how does he feel it feels fantastic <laughs> Didn't do that. thanks dick <laughs> yeah um once again have a good evening and this has been messy korean diaries